we've got central nervous system. Think of the wiring on an aircraft carrier. There's a lot of it. Yeah. And some of it is incidental and some of it's pretty key. But MS is an autoimmune disease. And that being the fact that it's like the aircraft carrier started stripping its own wires randomly in different places at different times. Hi, and welcome to Helping People Perform, the podcast that gives you fascinating insights into those people whose chosen vocation is to help others perform at their best. From consultants to teachers, sports coaches to financial advisors, all of my guests share a passion for getting the most out of individuals, teams, and organizations. Enjoy the episode. So hi everyone and welcome to another episode of the Helping People Perform podcast. Uh, I'm delighted to be joined today by someone who's had a big impact on uh, my family life and my own life over the past year or a couple of years. Really, it's uh, Dominic Shadbolt from the MSGuide.com. So welcome to the show, Dom. Great to have you. Hi, Paul. Thank you. And what a flattering introduction. <laughs> well, no, and, and we'll come into that in terms of the, the connections that we've had over the years and, and how that's brought us together. Um, and we'll come into the MS Guide uh, side of it in, in a little bit as well. But just before we get kicked off on that side, could you tell us a bit about yourself, You know, your background, what got you to where you are today? I think the polite way that you would describe it is I've had a portfolio career. Um, I have done many different things and you could say it's a symptom of not knowing what I wanted to do pretty much till now. And and I'll be 54 very soon. And, uh, I mean, Paul, I have, I wanted, I was desperate to be in the army when I was 17. I was desperate to be a Marine. I mean, you know, it was just all these kind of things. My eyesight wasn't good enough, et cetera, because that was secondary to flying a fighter jet, obviously. And, you know, and life has sort of kind of been a series of mostly happy accidents, you know, you know things that have happened. You know, I've gone from being a, a, a ski instructor when I was 18 to working on drilling rigs in the Australian bush to working in complex, uh, high value, oh, pharmaceutical industry, sales and marketing, right. starting one of the first websites for a UK pharma company, then getting into consulting and IT. And uh, not IT in the techie sense, but consulting around it. Right. I run my own business. I started, ran, and sold a profitable business uh, six weeks before the financial crash in 2008, which was everyone goes, "Oh, that was really clever." It wasn't. It was very, very lucky. And uh, and you know, given another two months, it would have been worth half, if at all. Right. Um, and then I had a sort of major life-changing moment when I decided to get divorced uh, on. Boxing Day of 2011, amicably living with my now ex-wife, you know, we're sorting everything out, and I broke my femur uh, cycling, Mm. which was quite a, um, believe it or not, life change. It was where life goes left, you know, when you don't expect it. And um, then I, uh, long story short, went to university from that because I I didn't when I was 18. I knew everything, which was really fortunate. (laughs) But um, (laughs) did a couple degrees, uh, was really kind of almost floundering. And a friend I was talking to, a neurologist in the U.S. called Aaron Boster, I always tease him. I say, he made me do this. But he didn't. He, he, you look back and you realize somebody sort of guided you very nicely and expertly in a way. And I started this channel a year and a half ago, sort of advocacy. I was getting into it before then. But, and wow, here, here we are. Yeah. 
Oh, uh, there's some amazing stuff, and I, I do want to get into the MS Guide side of it, but maybe we can probe on a couple of those experiences but, uh, back in the past. Tell us a bit more about Australia and working out there. Uh, you know, what what got you to move abroad? You know, I've done this journey, uh, you know, moving to New Zealand and, and back again. Uh, what what prompted you to do it? What experiences did you get out of that? What prompted me to I was an 18-year-old Canadian who'd finished a ski season. Um, you sort of chasing the life you know it was a thing you know you went to australia it's a bit like australians like to come to the uk i yeah. suppose it was a thing you know you go and travel to australia so i didn't have enough money for a visa so you need to show x amount so i got my grandmother transferred the money into my account in those days you didn't have this sort of same sort of transparency that you did now so i printed out a statement and sent it gave her the money back <laughs> and then Took the girl from the Australian consulate in Vancouver out to a Bon Jovi concert, I think it was, just to sort of cement her her willingness to want to help me, and um, got my visa, and was circling Sydney, thinking, at eighteen, oh dear, you've got two hundred dollars. Don't screw this up. Right. <laughs> and yeah, then I just had a year there, worked in a ski shop, shockingly, right. in Sydney, hitchhiked to Perth, got a job out in the goldfields. Uh, and worked on drilling rig, which was for for an 18 year old guy, incredible money, 115 Australian a day. This is 1988, 89, 89, and um, you know, tax free. And you would you would work 30 days out. You'd fly back to Perth for 10 days, spend as much of it as you possibly could <laughs> yeah. on alcohol, mostly it seems, yeah. and and then go back and do it again. Then I came back to the UK and thought, ooh, I better grow up and get a proper job. Right. And and those proper jobs you've, you've mentioned uh, the sort of IT side of it. What um, tell us a bit more about your experiences in in that space with with pharmaceutical, for instance. Well, my proper job was drug reps. You kind of looked at it and thought you get a car. Always a bonus when you're a young man, a yeah. free car, um, and uh, selling. Well, blag your way around stuff, and you can sort of sell reasonably well. And uh, I didn't have a degree, which was a real hurdle everyone wanted a degree and i just got to i said to this guy this recruitment uh, guy at survey laboratory say give me a chance i said i'm not dumb and i promise i'll learn everything and if that i have to and if i don't point me to the door right and you know what it's like once you're in something you're in something mm. and uh a couple of years there and then i ended up getting involved in the early days of the internet because I had a darn up modem and could see the internet, went on holiday to the States, was astonished that they weren't using WWW anymore. It just said, I remember a telia, Ford.com. Right. And I thought, this is definitely the way forward. Hmm. Came back and said, do you know what? Our biggest competitor has a one page website because it was the domain of the IT department right. back then. It wasn't a communication marketing sales tool. It was IT, hmm. this worldwide web thingy, you know, and, uh, doorstep the MD when he came out of a meeting um, with this tangle of wires and this laptop, everything plugged in and modems are going, look at this, sir, look at this. And uh, it was Glaxo, had a one page website. I said, we can do better than this. And we compete with them. And we can punch above our weight. And I got a budget, small one, and, uh, you know, and, and the go ahead to do it. Brilliant. And that got me into the sort of tech side of things. Mm. And I thought, you know what, for the same effort, if I work in the tech industry, I can make more money than I make in the pharmaceutical industry for exactly the same input of effort, you know, from my side. Mm. 
and I'm thinking I will get better remunerated for it and did yeah. that. Yeah, oh, and just following those opportunities that come your way, you know, it's a, I can certainly attest to, to that during my career as well. You know, you never plan to go out and necessarily uh, go out and make sausages for a living, which is one of the things I did, or, or, or find yourself mm -hmm. uh, moving from uh, international dairy export into banking. That was uh, another little side angle that I did at, at one stage as well. So, yeah, it's these little opportunities that come your way and recognising and having the confidence and uh, I don't know, let's speak for myself it wasn't necessarily the confidence it was more the um uh blind stupidity of going yes yeah, exactly <laughs> how i was thinking you just say yes and then people are going why did you say yes? i don't know i'll work all the detail out later <laughs> yeah. but yes yeah yeah uh, yeah oh exactly the way i'd say it stupid yeah but but sort of blindly just yeah why not sounds oh. interesting i'll give it a lash yeah yeah, giving things What's a go the and it can happen. Exactly. There's the door. Don't let it hit you in the arse as you leave. <laughs> Goodbye. Yeah. Brilliant. You tried. Yeah. <laughs> and so all of those experiences um have taken you to uh, where you are today. Um tell us a bit about the MS guide and for those of my listeners and viewers, what is what is MS in that case? Okay, MS uh I like We've got central nervous system. Think of the wiring on an aircraft carrier. There's a lot of it. Yeah. And some of it is incidental and some of it's pretty key. But MS is an autoimmune disease. And that being the fact that it's like the aircraft carrier started stripping its own wires randomly in different yeah. places at different times. You could get away with it for quite a while. Or the thing that launches the airplanes and launches the missiles might touch one day and you're going to get some funny results. And that's MS. And the thing with MS is the way it's fixed by your body is not by going, we're going to make a proper repair. It's like wrapping a load of electrical tape around it. Right. You know, which is never as good as anybody who's done any wiring. You know, they'll clap their hand to their head and go, that's not permanent. Right. But, but that's MS. Essentially, is your damaged nerves are repaired in a substandard manner and it's never quite the same again. So it's a progressive degenerative disease as a result but yeah. you know it's um it's not curable it's there forever you you've got to get your head around it whether you like it or not it's just there so you have to work out strategies to deal with the fact that things are not the same again yeah and and it's unpredictable it's uh, you know as you say it might uh, it might have an effect on you one one moment and then it might be another couple of years before anything else happens or it could be a couple of days uh, you know, that, that's the, the nature of the beast in that case, well, isn't it? Well, think of it like a standard distribution curve. You know, you've kind of got your 10% on each end, yeah. your 80% rump of it. So 10% of people will be relatively lightly, if at all, affected in their life. 10% are going to be dreadfully affected really early on. Okay. And, and down there, there's going to be that tiny, tiny, tiny 0.1% that might die. Right. It doesn't generally kill you. But the most of us are in this 80% in the middle. Mm. Where you are in the 80%, who knows? Nobody can tell you how fast you're going to transit this thing, you know, because it is a one-way trip. That's right. the thing. You don't yeah. just land and you're there. You land and then move on. Right. And you, um, I, you've had, you've been diagnosed with MS, what is it now, coming up to 30 years, is it? Thank you for the reminder. Yes, 20 <laughs> 29 i mean it was just kind of awkward. when i started doing this everyone's going how long do you have it and i'm going oh god um uh 
I sort of heard, well, I settled on 94 and somebody said 93. I went, I don't care. I've sold 94 to everybody. I'm going to 94. Um, it's kind of irrelevant, I think, at this yeah. stage, a year. Yeah. And uh, like I'm guessing the world of the diagnosis and the understanding has moved on a huge amount over those years. How was that experience for you in, back in those days? And, and do you see big differences these days? Yeah. Okay. I'll take it in. I'll answer the second part first. Yes, I mean, the differences are almost inexplicable and partly that's driven by therapies. When I was diagnosed, there were no drugs. The right. neurologist's job was to say, I've got some bad news for you and now I'm going to have to watch you decline and, you know, no. who knows what that's going to be like. Right. You know, uh, I mean, it really, you know, they, they had no treatment options. Mm. You know, they could treat symptomatic steroids. If you had an attack, they could mitigate it. But the disease was busy working away in the background. These days, there's, I think, 20 different medications, you know, in varying efficacies. You know, the very first ones are far less effective than the sort of current ones. And mm. so there's hope, not of a cure, but of mitigating it. So slowing down the progress. Mm. And when you have an attack, reducing the effects of that attack. Right. Uh it's still unknown. Hmm. I heard a neurologist said to me fairly recently, he said, essentially, you've got a one in 10 chance of getting away unscathed. And that speaks to that distribution curve, if hmm. you think about it. Yep. And the rest, though, I was liking it to blindfolding you, Paul, and saying, once a month, you're going to have to walk across the M25 blindfold. Now, don't worry, mate, you might be missed entirely. You might just get clipped a little bit, right. unlikely to be flattened by a lorry. But you never know because you're blindfolded. Off you go. Yeah. And then do it again and again. And, you know, you can say you do it monthly for the rest of your life. So, mm. and you kind of got to get your head around that and think, well, I'm going to do my most to peek out from under the blindfolds. Right. And what is it that the MS guide does? You know, what, what, do you, uh, what are you there for? Who do you help? How do you help them? Right. So I was saying uh, a neurologist friend, and the discussion was, Number one, this disease affects more females than males in a general sense. It's about it's about two to one. Right. So one third of males and, and two thirds of females. And he was saying, well, there's not really a male voice, mostly because there's guys. We don't tend to talk about our feelings. I, I'm unlikely to come up and go, Paul, having dreadful erectile dysfunction. What do you think? And you're just like, um, this isn't really a guy chat. And, uh, you know, so all these things that happen, guys don't talk about it as much. That was his first point. And the second thing is it's patient to patient. So I'm not mediated by, I'm not an employee of a drug company, for mm. example. I'm not an employee of a hospital or a medical team. I am a patient who sits out here. So I do other work with, with um, some of these entities on different occasions, but that's not the MS guide. Right. The MS guide is patient to patient. So uh, I've, I talk to other patients with MS and differently. Somebody might be having stem cells. Somebody might be the first person to use Casimta, which is one of the newer drugs. Or I had, um, I had, I myself had something called Lemtrada, Alamtuzumab. So you know, people want to know, because if you're newly diagnosed, somebody's mm. just gone, by the way, you know, you were going that way with your life. You're not, you're going mm. this way. And I mean, imagine the amount of time you spend in hospital. Mm. For me, it was weird because I was a drug rep and I spent my time in hospitals. 
Right. Not not for me, but I was yeah, the environment was not at all sort of off putting. But if you're just suddenly just being chucked into this environment day after day after day, you know, and mm -hmm. diagnostic machines and being poked and prodded and fit into tubes and give more blood and mm -hmm. that's got to be quite discombobulating. Yeah. Yeah, because so, I, I know, you know our connection, my, my wife, obviously, uh, I don't know if the, what the right term is, has MS, had MS. She's, she's had very successful uh, time of it through the stem cell treatment and has been uh, posting through your, you know, through the MS guide and interviewed with you and sharing. I'm so a lot glad of things you said that. I, I thought I, I don't know if he if he, if he would like me bringing this up or not. But oh, no, <laughs> no. I, I know how connected you are to this, yeah. and you see it, and I would say just on on that technical thing, she's got MS. She's just got the best controlled MS because yeah. what's causing it hasn't. Nobody really sure. So it's mm. hard to say that it's been put to bed. Yeah, she's had the most effective treatment, the longest lasting. You know, the the. I mean, it's for another discussion. But uh, mm. stem cells are. Yeah. I would have had stem cells if I could have back in the day. Yeah. So I mean, going back to the IT uh, example, this is the ultimate in switch you on, switch you off again, uh, switch you off, switch you on again, piece, isn't that, it? That, that's why. Yeah, yeah, I've had the drug. I've had is like is like. Um, uh, uh, turning me off and on again. The drug your wife's had, or the treatment your wife has had, is like taking out the hard drive, throwing it away, and putting a new one in. Yeah. And yeah. saying, let's start again. Yeah. We're not even going to format the old one. We're going <laughs> to start again. And I know from uh, from my experience through that process, and and from seeing it through uh, my wife's uh, lens as well. You know, the the MS guide has been a place where there is advocacy, there is connection, and there's information that is non biased. That is, you know, it's the stuff that the NHS, some would argue, should do. But you know, where's the resource? Where's the the piece there? This is more about the the patient advocacy piece, isn't it? In terms of what to expect, uh, who to connect with, what are the options out there that you don't necessarily get from the treatment side. Look at it like this: if I don't, I don't think doctors necessarily have poor intent i mean you don't you enter that profession certainly not to get rich if you're going to be in the nhs you, you might get a reasonable salary but you know you're not going to get rich and if you know it's you're very clever it's very hard work i look at a doctor as somebody who has studied a bunch of things that i haven't right. they know a ton of stuff but they're still a person hmm. you know for all i know that cat got run down this morning you know and, and 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 they have got to sit there and talk to me while having had some emotional trauma you know they're human hmm. um but the thing that troubles me and everybody knows or everybody thinks, you know, doctors, police or whatever, they, they all look after themselves, you know, they all cover up. But it's that whole sort of institutional ethos that you get. And I think it blinds you sometimes to how, you know, if I'm me, my life and what's going to happen to me and the risks I'm prepared to take and stuff, I don't want you as my doctor to be telling me or guiding me away from stuff because you're concerned about it. You know, we're not talking in the context of MS. Yeah. And we're not talking about, you know, I rely on my doctor to make sure I said to mine, I said, you will tell me if you think that's stupid, I'm going to kill myself. I'm really relying on you for that. <laughs> yeah. But you know, it's just um, other than that, I want to kind of drive this and say this, this is where I'm willing to go in terms of taking risk, 
to prevent future damage and stuff. Yeah. I don't want you to tell me what you think is an appropriate level of risk for future damage because you ain't me. Yeah, no, it's a, it's very much that individualized piece. You know, when you are a doctor or anybody dealing with multiple people with similar issues, it's very easy to look beyond the individual and not, uh, to the averages or the, uh, or you know, what's in front of you in terms of the sheer numbers. But you are dealing with, particularly when it comes to um, care and long-term care, because that's a, a lot of what MS is, isn't it? Being a lifetime uh, disease and uh, uh, degenerative as it stands, you know, it's a, it's very much a case of you need that to understand how does that impact that individual at that time. Um, yeah. Back to the MS guide, though, you said, you know, you've kind of touched on it there, because if you're a doctor, your relationship with your patients is one to many. It's got to be. If you're a patient, the way you feel, especially when you're newly diagnosed and you're sort of looking to cling to things, you know, it's one to one. Mm -hmm. If you're my doctor, it's me and Paul. Yeah. You know, and if I'm your patient, it's Dominic and Bill and Bob and Jim and Sue and Rachel and you know, and 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 yeah yet I'm I've got to lose you know having a patient to patient form is where you can talk to other patients discuss things because we're all in the same boat yeah just like the doctors have an institutional thing or you know whether, whether, whether you're a doctor or a deep-sea diver in the army or in the police or whatever you've got your institution around you this is trying to help create a slight hint of institution because we're all in this together yeah and you spend a lot of your time um out in the world of the research you know you, you talk with the doctors and the uh, the the advancements in the uh, the pharmaceutical side still do you you're, you're out and about not only talking to patients but you're balancing that with what's happening from a treatment uh, and options side of it so uh, what would what would that typically look like for you and any conferences coming up or, or big things that you would book to do i have no conferences coming up i went to a really memorable one last i think it was november october november called ectrums which was you know eight thousand neurologists specializing in ms from around the world all getting together in one place wow and i you hear do you know what concerns me is the doctors you never see at events they're the ones who i don't think are at the cutting edge mm. and if they're not making the effort to do those things, I always worry about how much effort they invest in their patients' outcomes. Because the doctors I know and I bump into and talk with and stuff is in some ways the same old faces. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I could rattle off probably 10 off the top of my head. And it's wonderful. You think you want to be treated by one of those doctors. But it is trying to get, uh, hopefully, the ethos that they they have taught me in many ways, mm. to to get that into patients and sort of say, look, you know, you should be expecting this. If these people can do it, then they're, they're not magic. Mm. They just have a mindset which they're looking at things through mostly through the patient lens. Yeah. And what do you then bring? What if people were to go to the MS guide? Uh, to look at your YouTube channel, which I know is where uh, you've got a load of resources there. What sort of resources are available to people in there? Essentially, I, would say, I mean, it's been, I've made something like over 150 videos. I was, I was stunned and I realized I'm okay. And we've got things from whether it's sexual dysfunction, 
cognitive dysfunction. Um, you know, all these things that affect you and you think, geez, am I the only person right. who, who's, you know, HSCT, I'm interested in HSCT, stem cells. You know, well, Rachel, mm. yeah. you know, a friend, Rachel, she shared her entire journey with the MS guide. A friend, Hamish, did the same thing. He went to Mexico. Rachel had it in the UK. Uh, another friend, Natalie, I call people friends. It's not like we're great mates, <laughs> is it? But, you know, Natalie had it in the UK. You know, um, I, I'm speaking to other people because everyone has different experiences. Mm. And if you're new to the game, to be able to understand from other people that have been through it, yeah. I mean, essentially, I can tell you about MS till the cows come home until you have it. Even if you know somebody with it, it's different. I'm sitting here talking to you. My left leg is buzzing at random times. You know, it's if that happens to you, I think you probably jump out of your skin just because you're so unaccustomed to it. And me, it's like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, I'm not a hero. I'm just used to it. Yeah, yeah, and it's amazing what you can get used to, isn't it? And uh, exactly. Yeah, uh, but I, I know um, some of the things that really hit home for me when. Rach was sharing her journey and when, when I, you know, I had the pleasure of, of being on one of your videos as well, uh, sharing things from a, uh, a partner perspective and, you know, how, how does it affect the wider family? And that was a, you know, thanks again for, for that platform for being able to that share. That was really helpful. <laughs> I, it's content. You're a yeah. YouTube channel. You're looking for content. You don't want to do the same thing every week. No yeah. one will watch. But some of the things that really stuck home for me was things like people sharing when you go in, make sure that you've got layers because you don't know whether you're going to be hot or cold. Yeah. You know, they've got um, make sure you take extra long charging cables for your phone, because the last thing you want is for your, your phone or your devices to, to um, and you don't know if you're going to be stuck in bed or you, if you're going to be mobile or not, depending on what's in your arm at the time or whatever it might be. So it's those little practical tips and snacks. those little assurances. I yeah. going, snacks. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> And then afterwards, feeling that she'd misjudged her snacks, but I'm thinking, at least you tried, you yeah. know, and, and did it. But you know, somebody else had told her. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and but it's all these little things. And then you know, what really makes me light up is I'll just get a note. Um, three months later, I got a note from somebody who was corresponding with me separately because I said, oh, I'll try and find out something about stem cells in Ireland because Ireland have a protocol to send people here yes. to the UK, and it had just changed and. Unfortunately, I emailed uh, a consultant that I know. Um, you may have met him before as well. And um, and he said, oh, this is my colleague. And then a person I'd never spoken to before said, this is the protocol. This is how it works in Ireland. This is the person. And I could just feed back to this patient in Ireland on email and just say, this is how it works there. And then three months later, it's just like, wow, you're fantastic. You've changed my life. And I'm thinking, let's go easy on this. But you know, it's just... <laughs> But for them, they suddenly got where they needed to be, and it's shining the light through information yeah. and knowledge of how it works. You know, and not doing anything per se other than navigating or helping them navigate. Yes, yeah, it's a it's, it's a, a world complex yeah, world. Yeah, it's a complex world. It's also a world of you don't know what you don't know. Um, in a lot of cases, isn't it? Oh, brilliant. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, th th that's absolutely right. But it's it's like anything. I mean, you used to work in F one. You know, mm. it's if I turned up in an F one factory, I'd just be going. <laughs> you know I, who what when we're and how yeah um so if we shift this round a little bit and say um how do you get help with your own performance so you've got this uh, performance of helping others with the information that you share how do you uh, you know get the help and support to know that you're doing your best 
where do you go to? Who do you turn to? That's a good question because I sort of a small group of friends who also they'll check you if they go you're being an arse about something. I mean that's one thing, and that that's the sort of feedback thinking. I don't want to go down that route. Yeah, it's difficult in some ways because I'm operating entirely on my own. Essentially, what you don't see is I'm sitting in the spare room. You know, if I turn the camera around, you'd see yeah. the bed, right, with all my clothes ready to pack for <laughs> Canada. You know, but um. If that's one thing I could change, Paul, that mm. would probably be to have a more, you know, um, I can feel asking you for help coming on. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, that, that, that's the no, that's no, but seriously, you, you're yeah. making me think. And, and actually, it's really tough. And then people go, oh, well, you know all this stuff. And you're thinking, in the land of the blind, the one-eyed man is king. And I sometimes feel like the one-eyed man. Right. Yet, to me... I see people, you, know, you always look above you, don't you? Yeah. You're not looking below. I, you know, people, I was speaking to a, an XF1 engineer who runs a YouTube channel, sort of saying, getting the most out of it. Yeah, yeah. No, um, and it is, the reason I ask that in this, uh, this podcast series is people who are helping others perform in whatever way, shape, or form that might be um, need to sharpen their own saw and they need to, to work on their own game as much as anything and uh, eat their own dog food or whatever it is you want to drink your own champagne. You no, know, that question yeah. out of everything was the one that really calls me to... <laughs> well, well, no, you know, but I mean, it's, it's, everything else is like happy, answer those before, da-da-da, but and you're yeah. thinking, hmm, yeah. tricky. Ah, good. So maybe we can follow up this for the conversation, see if we can we can further support. And if there's any people out there listening who uh, who believe they can support Dom in any way, then then do reach out on that front. I'd I'd be delighted. Yeah. What's the worst thing? We don't get on. Fine. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and those sort of things can be anything from the technical side of you know things like running a YouTube channel. How do you get the best out of that? Through to um, you know the more sort of emotional or even the business side of it. You know how do you set up your finances to to make this work for you, or how do you um, how do you make this work in uh, your life with all the travel that you do and all the family that you've got in front of you as well. So yeah, there's loads of different ways in which you can seek support and, and get that further information. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. It's I tell you what I don't have. I'm being quite honest. I don't really have a clear plan. For uh, this sort of grew organically, you don't know how it's going to go when you start, and 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 then you get caught in the almost the hamster wheel of you know certainly with YouTube, pr you know, producing content, doing this. Yeah, I've been working hard on writing a, another article because I write for an MS research blog, yeah, uh, as well, reasonably frequently. But yeah, it, it it's it's made harder by not having a complete absolute. That's where I'm heading. Right. You know, you know, whether it's in a month, in six months, in a year's time, mm -hmm. I knew I wanted to get a thousand subscribers and I knocked that out of the park. And, yeah. but yeah. Yeah. But you can always do with more, right? <laughs> well, yeah. And watch time and all those kind yeah. of things. But, you know, subscribers aren't everything. It's a bit like, you know, it's like somebody saying, I have a thousand followers on Instagram. It's like, yeah, but how many of them are your friends? Hmm. You know, of course, <laughs> when they say I have a thousand friends, it's like, no, you have a thousand followers. That's yeah. different. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Okay, so a um, couple of quick, shorter questions on this. Then, if you could help any individual team or organization with the skill set that you've got and the knowledge that you've got, um, and this doesn't have to be about the MS side, it can be be either. Who would you want that to be? 
I thought about this because you told me ahead of time roughly what you're going to ask and um there's a difference between me wanting somebody to do something the way that I think it ought to be done you know which is I can look at certain things I, I for example you know uh some of these sort of other more you know the bigger organizations feeding into this whole MS thing mm. but to use my should we say skills and experience I'd say well I always get a kick out of when I, I have a 20 year old daughter and she's got my disease which is I can tell her nothing because there's nothing that she doesn't know <laughs> and when I was 20 I was exactly like that so I am being I'm being given my own form of um, reminder, shall we say. <laughs> yeah. But the times when I can share something with her that enables her to, shall we say, get a jump, get ahead, you know, right. clarity, that's really, really pleasing. You know, because part of the pleasing is them acknowledging that you, you're not a complete waste of boomer space or whatever it is. Yeah. You know, but um, yeah, the other thing is thinking, yeah, you know, I've, I've, I've helped you. Maybe you'll share it with one of your friends. I don't know. But if I can impart a piece of enough wisdom is overdoing it, but you know, something to that, that, that has enabled you to navigate your way through. Oh, brilliant. Nice. I love that. Um, and flipping, <laughs> fl flipping that on its head a little bit, if you were able to sit down and uh, and have a, a whiskey, I know you're a whiskey man, if you were able to sit down and have a, a little whiskey with someone that you could learn from and could help you with your own performance, who would you want that to be? don't want this to go to your head, but I would be quite thrilled to spend some time with you. You know, focus. I mean, there's the chatting crap as mates kind of thing. Yeah. But there is... Also, when somebody has sort of a skills like you do, where, where you've done this sort of thing, and then you know, just access because it's not so much hard truths, I think, but but somebody, I'm all over the place all the time. For somebody to help, sort of, should we say, grip it and give it structure? Mm. Oh yes, please. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, let's uh, let's carry on that conversation off the back of this then. Let's do Thank that. you. Yeah. <laughs> and. In terms of people finding out more, where do people find uh, more information on the MS Guide? How can they reach out? What should they reach out with? Okay. I'm trying to work out which hand to put up because I always yep, get it back. That one. <laughs> MSGuide.com. Yep. I'm trying to subtly do it by having a stretch, so I realized <laughs> I couldn't get away with it. So the MSGuide.com is where everything goes. And uh, I do communicate with people too. I try to make a point to answer every comment providing it's not some screamingly how should I put this politely out there remark <laughs> that really has very little relevance and, and somebody wants to get their point across for something that's whatever yeah yeah so but... that's how you get in touch the email and everything you know any of the videos has all my contact details in yeah I don't hide behind stuff I'm putting myself out there Nice, and I know you know that's that you've got the YouTube channel, and also you're also active on Twitter. And um, do you use LinkedIn, those sort of areas as well? Or you... LinkedIn. Uh, the the nice thing is, I got a name, the MS Guide, because actually it's them's guide. Right. <laughs> I just kept like, and also I thought I've got at the MS Guide on Instagram, I've got at the MS Guide on Twitter, I've got at the MS Guide as a domain name. Well, I've got the MS Guide as a domain name. Yeah. Um, I'm on 
I'm on LinkedIn. There's an MS Guide page. There's also me, Dominic Shadbolt. Yeah. You know, so and and S H A D B O L T because it does not trip off the tongue. But if you want, <laughs> on Twitter, yeah. I mean on LinkedIn, fine. You know, you yeah. Yeah. That's the hardest thing as well. Is right. all the blinking social media channels. Well, uh, I'll make sure that all of those links are available, and uh, and I think it's one of those where you know, from a personal side as well, it's not just people who have MS. Uh, you know, people who have MS, this is an amazing set of resources to give you that patient side of things and to understand lots of different ways. Maybe it's an area that you haven't even thought of yet, um, or something that is going to help you get ahead of the game. But it's also if you're just interested, if you're impacted by MS, you've got people in your family. Um, you've got friends who are out there and you just want to find out a bit more. An absolutely fantastic resource that isn't the stuff that you just get from the NHS or, or from uh, you know the facts and figures. This is definitely the personal side, yeah. The, the thing that surprised, one of the things that surprised me the most and slightly disappointed me is I thought people, because I urge people to you know get in touch, if there's something you want discussed, if there's something you feel we're not covering adequately or whatever, and it's happened about twice right. in 18 months and and you know but yeah so he's trying to respond i mean there's no point in me telling you what i think you need to hear it's me telling you or me facilitating the information that you need to hear yeah so if there are any of those topics out there i'd actively encourage people get in touch with dom and yes. uh, and that will help create content uh, that's really useful for people and and, uh, and really make a difference you're doing some great work dom you've been a big help to me and the family throughout this whole thing the ms guide has been out there to to really help us through a difficult part of our lives uh, so massive thanks for being on the show today dom it was a pleasure and it's reciprocal you you helped me as well yeah cheers All dom right. speak to you soon bye now. you bet bye-bye Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you liked what you heard, then please give the podcast a rate, review, and share. I'm Paul Teasdale, and from sausage making to banking, oil and gas to Formula One, I help people perform. If you'd like to find out more and have a conversation, contact me via helpingpeopleperform.com.